All right, awesome people. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Human. I am your host, Mark Champagne, and it's my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. Today, I'm chatting with Jessica Goldberg, who is the senior producer at 10% Happier. She produces docu-series on mental wellness and a daily live meditation show called TPH Live, which I'll link to in the show notes. She's an Emmy awarding producer who began her career in hard news and has written stories about people in over 110 different countries. Jessica has produced stories for mainstream media like ABC News and outsiders like Al Jazeera and Mike covering some of the biggest stories of our generation. In reporting on world affairs, she discovered that political problems at the core are actually emotional problems. She knew that the current media landscape wasn't helping us deal with these emotional problems, especially on a one-to-one basis. So she decided to work on creating content that could help us be more connected and compassionate. I am super excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So just to start off, Jessica, who are you? What defines you as a human? Just to start things a bit light for you. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) Um, First and foremost, I am a storyteller and a community builder. Um, I care a lot about um, understanding what at the core drives people, um, both the pain, the joy, suffering, all the spectrum of human emotion. And that's what I care about most. And so I just love to connect with people. And I love to understand their stories, share it, um, and also connect with people in deep ways. And so I would say, yeah, first and foremost, storyteller and a community builder. I love it. Do you remember when storytelling really flipped a switch in your life? I think I've always been a storyteller ever since I was a little kid. I just like, I had this deep curiosity of understanding our world. And I just wanted to um, understand why things work the way they were, why people took the actions that they did. I think I always remember my mom saying like, I, I asked too many questions when I was a kid. I just was curious about everything. Um, but I think some of the first moments that really it defined me as a storyteller was when I went to college. And that was when I realized that that was actually something that I wanted to do. I got involved with our uh, local school newspaper and I started writing stories for them. And it just, it lit a fire in me to be able to understand how our world works and understand stories about people. I just like love learning about people and love speaking with them. And in college, that's really when it first started to vibrate for me the most. Did you always feel like if you, if you could project forward, or I guess, I I guess look back given where you're at right now and all the work that you've done and and what you're, and we're going to get into this, but what you're actually doing right now for, let's just say humanity, um, that you would ever project that this would be where you would be in, in storytelling at that time in college? I couldn't have predicted it at the time because I didn't even know that this job existed. I didn't even know it was possible for me to be able to do this kind of thing. I love my job so much and I never could have even dreamed up something like this. Um, But when I took the job and when I told a lot of my friends that I was taking a job at a company called 10% Happier, they all, every single person was like, I could not see a more perfect role for you at this time. Interesting. Why do you think they say that? Um... I think a lot of my friends know that I err on the side of positivity and I err on the side of like trying to help human suffering. Um, And I love telling stories. And so it's like a combination of bringing 
um, real true compassion with storytelling um, at the company I work for right now. So what what pushed, I mean, because I'd imagine that was a big leap for you. Like, did it just feel right at that moment in time to shift into, because it's a different type of of storytelling, I'd imagine, or a diff- obviously a different theme of, of some of the other work that you've done in the past. Yeah, totally. Um, so I was working for a company um, called Mike at the time, and I was uh, running like a docu-series that they were doing. And the company, like unfortunately a lot of media companies, um, was really struggling and they went under. And okay. after that, it was a real pivot point for me to decide what do I want to do? Uh, and I interviewed at a ton of different places and had a bunch of job offers at the time to continue the path of what I had been doing in hard news. Um, and then I interviewed at 10% happier and everything just clicked. It felt like it was the right place for me. Um, I mm. was confused at how nice people were. I was like, is this, yeah. is this real? I was yeah. like, someone pulling a joke on me. <laughs> um, and it just felt like it, my values were really going to be aligned uh, with what I wanted to do with my life. Totally. So I was really, you know, following the intuition, those gut feelings, essentially. Yes, totally. 100%. Yeah. So why don't you just describe a little bit about, I mean, I started off the show with more of a, who are you just to uh, avoid this question or this description, but now I think it's appropriate. Like what, what does your role look like? Like what, what's an everyday, uh, despite what we're going on right now, what's the normal day look like? Yeah, so every day has changed a little bit, um, but typically um, I've been working on docu-series and courses for the 10% Happier app, Um, and those are kind of like seven different sessions, little mini videos that are about five minutes long um, that take people through understanding different issues. So we did a series on stress that was called Stress Better, and it was a series that took people uh, to a, a lab at Columbia where people could understand how stress impacts their body. Um, and we'd follow along on different characters. And so my role really is um, both building in tandem with our senior meditation producer, we build a course structure for how can people get progressive learning in a really vibrant, um, immersive experience that feels like the kind of content that they might watch on Netflix or on Hulu, um, where it's really high caliber. And so I um, work in the field where I oversee a director of photography, and another cameraman and audio and Mm. make sure that our production quality is just top notch. How do we make sure that it's engaging? Um, I oversee graphics artists and an editor and sound production to really build kind of like mini movies um, that take people through a way of understanding issues that affect our mental health. I love it. But I can't help, like, as you're describing that, I can't help but think, like, just for context, uh, for everyone listening, we're currently in North America, at least we're currently in week three of uh, COVID-19 in the sense of like full-blown lockdown, essentially. Um, and, you know, I just came off of uh, one of your lives with uh, with Dan Harris. And, <laughs> you know, he's sitting in his living room, essentially, I was looking in, in, in behind him, I'm like, oh, we, we have the same puzzle for our four-year-old, like, it's just so, you know, you just finished describing this, like, crazy quality in terms of audio, and then the experience, and, like, here we are, just at the core of, you know, just being there for each other, like, how, how has it been for, for you personally, just being in the thick of not only going through this personally, like, like the rest of us, but then also being, there and and asking questions on how you can help others 
Totally. Yeah. I feel like our whole world like flipped upside down in what felt like a week. And yeah. so we went from planning this new big docu-series that we were doing um, to all of a sudden being like, okay, that's all on, on pause. Now what do we do? And the big question for us as a team was how do we serve? How do we really provide in this moment of need? Um, and our answer to that was really in 48 hours, we decided that we were going to do a live and had a live up from Friday afternoon, we decided that we were going to do a live. And by the Monday morning after, we had launched a live show. Um, and yeah. it was really bare bones. It was, we're going to take Dan in his living room, use the <laughs> camera that everyone has accessible on his phone, on his computer, all of our meditation teachers, we're going to take them from where they're at um, and really bring people um, to kind of a behind the curtain, be able to see them in their home environments and dealing and grappling with the same issues all of us are. And how can we use their wisdom to help us deal with this situation? Because it's such a challenging moment right now for all of us. We're in this like collective moment of grief where we've yeah. all lost all sense of normalcy. Yeah, totally. And it's just, you know, having, having just come off the, the live, it's, there's, there's obviously a real clear sense of authenticity. It's just, you know, to your point, we're, we're all in this together. There's no roadmap for this. Um, you know, it's like hour by hour at this point, but the, the stories and the, like the Q and a, I think that's what I really like about it as well. Cause there's so like, now I feel like on social media, there's so many live uh, meditations or classes, which are all fantastic, but it's, it's like, do we need another one of those? But this is, okay, here are the, the actual questions that, that people have and there's interaction, right? It's, um, it's really neat. It's, uh, I really commend you guys for doing this. Oh, thank you so much. I'm really glad that you enjoyed it. Yeah, that's one of the things that we're, we're really trying to build is hoping that we can take and answer questions that are coming from people that they are grappling with on a day-to-day -day basis. And that is ever evolving. We can't predict what it's going to be like necessarily in a month from now. So it's like, well, what's the challenge that people are facing today and how can we help them? I wanted to ask you about that. I mean, maybe you, maybe these are the core questions, but you know, I was just curious what type of questions are being asked um, with the team going through something like this for the first time. Because it, the the other, like you mentioned, just you know the grief that we're going through, and there's there's like this is a bit of you know I don't know how to describe it, but like it it's really vulnerable territory. Like there's some people we're all in different on a different spectrum, but there's some people with really extreme trauma that they're going through, and it's it's a bit of a fine balance of, of providing content for those people. And, you know, do they need something else? Like it, I can only imagine it's gotta be a bit stressful for you guys as well. Like, are we, are we doing the right thing? Should we doing more or less? Like what, you know, what's coming up when you, when you guys are chatting about this? Yeah. I think the question is always like, how can we be doing more? I think a yeah. lot of people have that question right now when we see so much like global suffering and pain all around is like, how can we serve in the best way? What's our expertise in the way that we can serve the best? Yeah. Um, and we're trying to tackle that in several different ways. I mean, one of the big things that we're looking at is what are the key challenges that people are facing right now? You know, some of those are anxiety about loved ones, yeah. um, loneliness. A lot of people are suffering from right now. Um, fear, uncertainty about the economy. There's just a vast amount of things that people in all different spectrums are dealing with. No one's immune from this virus affecting them in some ways. Some people certainly much more than others. Uh, but 
it is a collective problem that we're dealing with together. And yeah, as a group um, at 10% Happier, we're, we're trying to figure out what are the ways we can serve. And one of them is we are offering our app free for all healthcare workers. Um, and although that is not a big thing, it's something small that we know that we can do to serve. Um, and then we've been offering up this daily live meditation show, which is free for everyone. And we're trying to tackle some of the issues um, that we think we can give wisdom to to help people grapple with feelings like anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing too, that I noticed, um, the, I, there's like, you have a, a package set up as well. I mean, I've just given my history in, in the journaling space. Like I think I'm subscribed to pretty much every meditation and journaling app. So I'm on the free version or I'd be bankrupt if I paid for all of these. Um, but there's really good content in, in the package you guys put up for, for this pandemic. Yeah, we put up a whole Corona sanity guide. Um, yeah, it's great. All those meditations are free. We're, we have talks that are free. Um, everything is there should be accessible for everyone in the public to be able to um, help work through some of these big issues. And we're constantly adding more to it um, as things change and as new issues come up that we know people are grappling with. Yeah. Shifting a little bit to you, Jess, because you, know, you obviously hold a really integral part in this whole process um even in the last session you know dan referenced you just to make sure he was saying the right thing or providing the right links um so i immediately go to you know what are you doing for for your mind and, and your health so that a you can you can process what's happening to you personally like the rest of us but then also you have this other layer of you know doing like you said as, as much as possible as a team to, to serve the collective yeah, I mean, one of the biggest and most important things for me for my mental health is making sure that I stay connected in a time that feels so disconnected in many ways. Um, and one of the meditation teachers that we work with, Sebeni Selassie, she, um, she put out this whole thing um, a couple, maybe it was like a week and a half ago about how we need to be thinking about this as physical distancing, not social distancing, which just really resonated to me. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really important that we figure out ways that we can be connected. And for me, it's been like, okay, how do I keep connected with the friends who have been a support system for me that I can't be physically with right now? And so we did, um, a couple of girlfriends and I, we do now a yoga class together that we all stream on Zoom together at the same time. So it Love feels it. like we're together, even yeah. though we're not actually together. And I think that element of creating some elements of normalcy and elements of connection are really good for me personally and keeping, keeping sane in the vast amount of um, kind of global pain that we're going through right now. Yeah, I resonate with that. I mean, I, I, on my side, I feel like I've seen virtually, of course, friends more now in the last, you know, four weeks than I have uh, in the last little while. It's just, it feels like the amount of Zoom calls and you know, like shared virtual dinners and, and whatnot has really increased, which you know, in a way is, is a really interesting thing to observe, right? Like a, as a community and we've been like just social media and all of these tools, like we, we, we've spent so much time talking about how we can, what, and you've done this as well, detox from them, right? Like in, in, in the right ways, but now it's almost like they're coming back in a way of uh, really helping us through this. Oh, totally. Yeah. There was like a meme last week that was like every single year it showed that social media is going to kill us. And then it's like, <laughs> 2020 social media is our savior. <laughs> exactly. It's so true. I mean, just since we're live in it, like what, 
what are some of the reflections that are, are going through your head? Like have any of your practices already started to shift or any kind of new revelations for you or things that you're starting to question just based on the fact that we're, we're in something so jarring? Yeah, totally. I mean, the big question that is really important for me, and I've had other life crises in the past that this comes up um, before my dad was hospitalized several years ago, and this um, came up for me, which is like, what actually matters? What's important? Yeah. Uh, and those are the things that we need to focus on, especially in times of crisis. It reminds us like, where should we actually be putting our focus? It's so easy for us to get caught up in like the day-to-day like rush and like you know, uh, I live in New York City, so often there's like, you know, there's so much input that's coming in and things are distracting about what do we wear and, you know, where are we going after work? And now when you're in times of crisis, you're like, okay, for me personally, it's like, what actually matters? My family matters, my community and my close friends are the things that I want to put effort into and how do I make an impact? Um, And making sure that I put focus on that. And that's, that's huge. And that's just like, that's the juice of life is our family and our friends and those close connections. Totally. I mean, it's, we're, we're really in a global reset. That's kind of the way I've been thinking about the thinking about what's going on or witnessing what's happening and um, just really puts things in perspective. Right. Especially when we're all in, like, there's no other time that for sure in our lifetime where the, the entire world is basically focused on one thing. Yeah, Totally. Um, I think, you know, for our generation specifically, several generations prior, you know, they've had world wars that they, that, that everyone had to deal with that at once. Um, but not, not our generation yet. This is, this is the thing that's going to change. We have to make really specific choices on how do we want our future to look? And this is a time that's giving us a moment to really think hard about that. Totally. Is there, like, you you have obviously the privilege of, of, of working at scale when it comes to a lot of the wellness and mental fitness practices that you guys have at mental, um, at 10% happier. Is there anything that, that you're really seeing work at this point? Like obviously a lot of the initiatives you're doing are, are quite new or you just fire them up, but like anything, any guidance you can provide everyone listening that you know is working? I think there's one quote that always resonates still with me from one of our top meditation teachers, Joseph Goldstein. And he asked this question on um, when worrying thoughts come around. And he says, is it useful? Um, mm. And that I find really productive when I get in caught in loops of worry um, about how long will this go on for? What will happen to our economy? Are my parents safe? Um, and if I can catch myself and be like, okay, is this worrying useful right now? Is it actually going to help me with this situation that I am worrying about? Or is there a way that I can actually be more productive in how I worry um, or when I need to worry? Um, and that, that question is really, really helpful for me. Um, and I think the other thing that I found that's useful is so with this new live show that we started to put up, we found uh, that in the comment stream, people are starting to build community amongst themselves, among our viewers. Um, And that is really cool to see people coming together, um, even though they're far apart, even though they've never met each other to be able to create support. And I see some people that like continue to come back and they ask the same people. They're like, Oh, good to see you again on the stream. Like, um, so it's powerful to see that community building. And I think that that's actually something that's going to be really powerful. And that I want to lean more into is 
how do we continue to provide ways in which we can connect uh, when we're so spread apart and continue to connect with people who are different from us, who are far away from us. Um, and that I think is really helpful as humans. We, we crave connection. There's so much science that shows that it's good for us. That's like good for our, our resilience. It's good for our health. It's good for building our immunity. Um, and so I think it's really important for us to figure out the ways in which we continue to connect. And I think right now that is virtually, and, and there's a lot that's showing that virtual connection does actually help us. Well, and it's, it's also interesting because again, given we're all in the same place, I think there's a general openness that, you know, maybe wasn't as prominent in the past. Like I'm, I'm thinking of your comment around just the, the like the comments and, and the people that are on the lives. And like, I immediately thinking of a, a men's group that I participated in and they, they just, it's called every man. Um, and they hosted something online globally as well. And there were hundreds of people there and like literally within 10 minutes, I was, you know, ported out to a, a smaller Zoom room with two other guys, you know, one in Australia, one in the US, I'm in Canada. And it's as if, like, we're sharing everything, like all emotions that are coming up right now. And I, I think you can only have that in a state where there's, there's obviously a sense of safety. And um, there's some, there's a collective bond there, right? Like, or understanding, mm -hmm. I guess. And I feel that in the way you're describing what's happening in the comment section. So now is the time for sure to explore these boundaries, I think. Yes, totally. I'm a big fan of Everyman. I'm so glad that you're doing that. That's awesome. Everyman is really powerful. Um, and yeah, I think that it's a time when we should be leaning into our vulnerability. It's not a time where we need to pretend like everything's okay. It's 100% yeah. okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be fully happy. It's okay to like, for us to deal with all of these issues. And I think right now is a time where, where we need to be okay with being vulnerable about the pain that we're going through so that we can support each other. I love that. It's 100% okay not to be okay. That's really powerful. I, I just want to jump back to the, is it useful prompts? I think that's it's such a great question to pause the narrative that all of us uh, eventually uh, dip into. Like, just to get a little bit more practical uh, with that, do you, do you journal on that? Do you, like, what, what's the, is there a practice associated to it? Or are you just, you know, catching yourself and kind of on the spot, just releasing it? Um, it tends to be more of I'm, I'm catching myself on the spot. Although it also comes up when in like a formal meditation practice. So when I'm sitting uh, and I notice these thoughts kind of coming up in my mind, um, yeah. it's a chance for me to catch it and really put that question to myself. Is, is this something that's going to be useful? And of course, we can't always stop worrying thoughts. They're going to continue on. Um, but sometimes we can catch them and put them to the side for now and focus on something else and what really matters. And maybe what really matters for me, sometimes when I'm worrying about my dad and um, is his health going to be okay? Is he going to get sick? These are constant thoughts that come up to me. Um, I can think about how can I actually be supportive right now, which is giving him a phone call and just talking to him rather than me going into a story and worrying about what could happen over the next coming months. Yeah. Well, it reminds me, it's actually one of your uh, teachers and a past guest on the show, Jeff uh, Warren. I, I love his, his line about, you know, like, welcome to the party, you know, name your, name your emotion mm -hmm. or whether what's coming there. So, you know, acknowledging it and then to your point, just, you know, stopping the narrative and, and shifting out of that so powerful what other what other wellness practices or things that you're doing for your mind that that you could share with the team here 
Um, so I am working out every day now, um, which yeah. I, I had a pretty strong workout routine before, but I'm finding ways now to work out obviously at home. Our creativity is maxed at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it really does help me clear my mind because it gives me something to focus on and being in my body um, yeah. can get me out of my thoughts. Um, so that's, it's really, really helpful. So I, I have a daily workout um, every single day. Now, most of them, I'm trying out all these new different online um, classes. ClassPass has some good online ones that I've been doing. Uh, Skyting Yoga has some good ones. Just okay. a ton of different fun workout classes that can get me into my body. Um, connecting with other people has been really helpful. So doing the either it's group exercises or group dinners. Um, I did, was it last Saturday night? One of my friends is a DJ and we did like a group Zoom where we all had like a dance party in our rooms. That's amazing. Um, watching on Zoom. Oh, good for my mental health because it's like bringing that small element of joy for us to just like have a time where we just like move our bodies together um, and be playful uh, amidst all of this mm-hmm. uh, was really, really, really beautiful and so wonderful. Um, and then keeping keeping a meditation practice is really helpful for me right now because it helps me ground myself, be present in the moment, um, and trying to not get so caught up in future worry. Absolutely. Is there, I'm curious, Jess, is there, is there anything you'd like to try that's been kind of on the radar and, you know, you're just, you've been curious about it, but just follow me, maybe haven't had the time, like whatever the, whatever the reason is, but something that you really would like to dive into. Um, mental health related or just anything in general? Yeah, it could be both. Um, anything in general, I'm learning how to cut hair. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I could use that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, without anyone being able to go to, I'm, I'm living with a, a few other people um, right now. And one of the guys that I'm living with, I, I convinced him to let me cut his hair. So um, hoping that maybe by the end of quarantine, I'll be a professional hairstylist. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I did not expect that reply, but I can totally understand that. <laughs> no, definitely not professional, <laughs> but I just wanted to be able to like, I don't know, it's a new skill to learn, um, yeah. learning a lot of new cooking skills too. In terms of mental health, um, what are the things that I'm interested in trying? Well, so I've been really interested in, this is somewhat, um, it's like mind body connected, but um, okay. it's called the Alexander Technique. Um, and Feldenkrais, and they're both um, mind-body awareness um, practices that help you understand just more awareness of like how we move our body and how our emotions impact our body and our body impacts Mm. our emotions. Um, And there are practices around just understanding and being super, it's like a super strong awareness practice of our body. Um, And so I've been reading a couple books on both of those practices lately. Um, and now that I have a little bit more time, I've been certain to dive in more on those. Um, I feel like now's the time more than ever to try and practice awareness and presence in many different ways. Yeah. So sorry, it's called the Alexander Technique. Is that, did I get that yep. right? So one of them is called the Alexander Technique and the other one is called Feldenkrais. Okay. Um, and they're similar, um, though slightly different, but they are basically... Yeah, body awareness techniques to to have awareness of how you move your body, how you stand. Some people think of them yeah. um, as like posture training. Sure. But they're not so much as like how do you stand perfectly upright, but how do you move your body with ease and move your body in a way in which you're aware of how you're moving it and the postures that you're putting out. 
It's super. So I, at first I wasn't a hundred percent sure. Now I understand what you're talking about. And I had, I had interviewed someone from New York a while back, actually the beginning of the show. And she was, she had defined herself as a movement specialist, but was working with, you know, actors and singers purely for their health. And like, I had never heard of that before, but exactly to your point, just moving in, um, I guess a more, fluid or natural way that we just we don't even notice especially now given you know where our heads are down often and whatnot but just even straightening up and the effects on our lungs and how we breathe like it's it's massive totally we're not aware of what we're not aware of sometimes so we don't yeah. even know that we might be slouching our shoulders or arching them in a way that then like is actually causing us lower back pain and so it's like how can we be aware of these small shifts in our body that are causing discomfort and they're causing cumulative discomfort. Absolutely. You've got me excited. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to look into this stuff again. Is there, you know, if you think about, obviously we're, we're all going through quite a bit, but what, you know, even in this time of, of uncertainty and, and a bit wildness, let's just say like, what, what makes you smile these days? Mm, that's a great question. I love that. Um, I still smile a lot whenever I, whenever I talk to my sisters, um, mm. they're just, I, I'm so close with, I have two younger sisters and they're identical twins and we just have the same sense of humor. And so I love when I can give them a call and like, uh, we, we can just, you know, find ways to make light of the current situation. Yeah. Uh, and that's something that's, that's certainly bringing me a lot of joy is like that. I feel like we've been connecting even more than we normally do. Um, and finding that more important and more valuable for us to connect more often. Um, and I think I've really been happy to see the way in which people who have very strong specific skills are rising up and using their skills to help in a time of need. Um, two of my, my friends that I am living with currently right now, they started this project called Frontline Foods, where they're organizing, um, raising a ton of money to that will then eventually uh, give to restaurants and then the restaurants then give food to ICU workers. So they're basically feeding ICU units through uh, restaurants that are struggling in New York. Um, and it's an incredible project and to see their dedication um, and to see how they're using their skills of marketing and their skills of like um, connecting with people. And Alana knows a ton of people in the restaurant industry and how she's trying to help them um, it's just that to me, how people are using their skills for the greater good is incredible. I love that. It's, uh, we have quite a few listeners from New York, so I'll, um, I'll, I'll search frontline foods and put a link up for that in the show notes. Is there, is there anything else actually you'd like me to link to? I'm going to, for sure, the sanity guide, and I think you're live. Um, yeah, those would be great. Yeah. Link to the sanity guide, link to a 10% happier live, um, definitely link to frontline foods because the cause that they're doing is really powerful um yeah those are great that's awesome well i i mean i'd like to acknowledge you and i you're you know clearly a very modest person super um authentic and i, I can i can just feel that that caring vibe from you and i just want to take a moment from myself and everyone listening just to thank you for doing everything you're doing and and prioritizing your mind and your body and soul and whatnot to you know stay at a, a good frame of mind so that you can deliver all this incredible work that's benefiting just millions of people around the world. I mean, that, 
that's massive. So I hope you give yourself some, some self-love tonight and some gratitude in your own practices because you're doing incredible work out there. Thank you so much. And thank you for what you're doing. I mean, to be able to share the kind of content that you are is incredible. Um, people really need to know ways in which they can take care of their mental health right now and how a ton of different ways that people are dealing with it so that they can find the one that works for them. And so I appreciate you having me on. It's been a pleasure to speak with you. Oh, right back at you. Thank you. Thank you.